Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the good news, here's Angie. Hey friend, Angie Austin here with Dr. Cheryl Lentz. And every uh, week she's got a new book to talk about. We're continuing to talk about one she brought up last week. She was starting. And then I have a book this week that was written by a friend of mine that uh, I want to talk about as well. And it's called Rattled. And I'll give you more specifics about that. But what it means, it's kind of funny because it's got a funny, um, uh, it's called... I'm laughing because normally we don't um, talk about books that say crazy blank stories of extreme. Wait, hold on. Now, my, of course, my um, my <laughs> my app just closed. OK, rattled crazy blank stories of extreme resilience to help you go from shook to solid from Ross Schaefer and Allison Delvin. And uh, that's he's a really good friend of mine. And that's his new fiance. And some of the stories I'm telling you, Dr. Cheryl Lentz, um, I don't know. I think we all have them, but I love reading these little vignettes. So welcome to the show and tell us about the book you're going to discuss. Hello, everyone. So nice to be here. Um, I love this curiosity theory by Martin Lopez because of some interesting things that we're looking at the idea of curiosity. And, you know, I, I teach a lot with critical thinking. I look at the idea of leadership. But there's an interesting quote in chapter six, which is about know thyself. There's a Chinese proverb and something he wants to have as a caveat, which I think is important to all of us to deal. So the, the quote is, as, a fish, as water to a fish, as air to a bird, so is man to himself. So the idea is almost Shakespearean in a to thine own self be true. And so here's the warning, though, he says, please don't run around aiming the curiosity theory at everyone else. It's not a weapon or a tool to be used to win arguments. If we use it this way, we will often stop rather than create and create a rift rather than a connection. We might hear stop shrinking me. Jedi mind tricks won't work on me. I'm Padawan. So the point is, is to look at how do we learn these new techniques that we share each week when we're looking at these various books, but not to know someone is being led in that or, or given advice. Oftentimes, you and I have talked about when I ask people when they want my opinion, I will offer, offer query first, how honest do you want me to be? Knowing that we need to be in partnership in order for these types of strategies to work first, instead of just going ahead without their permission and trying to do like the Jedi mind trick. So we don't want to use some of these techniques and all these checklists that you do with, you know, the 10 best ways to do something to have people know they're being schooled, but to know that you're doing things in the background unless they ask to be able to have a more effective outcome. So it's a strategic thinking, not a strategic educating someone what you're doing while you're doing it. And so I think that's important for us to think about. You know, it's like the most simple concept. And sometimes when you explain it, I'm like, that's way more complicated than it should be. No, I mean, not you. I mean, like, it, it, I felt this way with last time we discussed it too. Like, this should be like a really simple concept. For, for some reason, it seems a little bit confusing to me. Well, it's simply ability of looking at it as instead of being reactive, we simply ask questions instead. So instead of, you know, if somebody says something, you're like, hey, that isn't right or whatever, going off the rails, you take a moment, you say, why would you say something like that? Why would this come up in a deal? And that asking of question de-escalates. So it's a really interesting technique as opposed to reacting when a girlfriend might say something or going, hey, that was pretty mean if a guy says something and they're being just direct. And I'm saying, why would you say that something? And I have a colleague of mine who would say it's like, the directness can be a focus if it's couched correctly and how it's used, not what is said. So you can still be direct, but you don't have to bristle when you're like, yeah, everyone will have that pain point. So if we can instead 
watch and monitor our reactions. And instead of having our go-to be mad or conflict, we simply going, huh, I wonder why you would say such a thing. Can you explain and to back off our emotions before we react? Okay, that makes complete sense to me. And I'm going to do that because that's very, I like things very simplistic. It's funny because my daughter does too. She has a new volleyball coach. And rather than just be like, play harder, jump higher, do this, she'll be like, oh, we'll make your fingernails flat and pretend your fingernails are eyes, point them in the direction you want the ball to go to. And and then she's like, and and then her explanations are so simple to me. And the way that she explains using her thumb to steer the ball so now she can get in all the different sections of the volleyball court. I mean, in four sessions, this woman has taught my daughter so much um, and it's so simple. And I love simple explanations. That makes complete sense to me that if you want to de-escalate rather than, um, you know, reacting with anger and being defensive, start asking questions to better find out where they're coming from, because it might be from a place that you don't even think they're coming from. And I think in particular, um, uh, you need to watch your tone as well when you start asking these questions. Because my husband is a question asker, but sometimes when he asks the questions, it seems judgmental and condescending, like almost like sarcasm. So it can't be like that. And he also gets worked up real easily and he doesn't think he's worked up, but his tone starts getting really loud. And because he loves to win a debate, it's a little bit like like verbally kind of bossy or bullyish because he's trying to win an argument and I'm not like that. I'm more like I'll acquiesce in order to or I'll better try to understand. So maybe I'd be better off rather than being defensive with him because he's like, I'm not angry. Why are you acting like that? Why are you being so defensive? I'm not, you know, condemning you. I'm not criticizing you. I'm not judging you. And I'm like, but by his tone, I think Mm -hmm. he is. And I I will say like he'll, he'll question me about decisions I make with the kids. Like the other day I took my daughter had been sick. She was off for lunch and she had a study period where she was off. So she wanted to come home for three hours, eat and rest before she went back for volleyball. So I went and picked her up and he was livid because he's like, well, you know, that study time and she shouldn't use that study time to come home and rest. And I'm like, don't you think I weighed all of this? Don't you think I know? First of all, I checked her grade. She has straight A's right now. Second of all, she had study period this morning as well, guided. So she got all of her assignments done. Thirdly, she's sick and she has volleyball she still wants to go to volleyball but she wants to rest first and I felt like he thought I was like a little slow you know what I mean like it made me feel like he didn't think I could do my job as a well-educated mother you know and it really irked me like that I was being micromanaged we often have though is that all we see is the outcome of someone's behavior we don't know the input and what they were thinking that gave you the output which is what your point is is going I just didn't say okay without weighing the options which is his assumption Because all you're telling him is, well, this is what happened. You didn't start the story with a, hey, I know she was sick. I know she had this. I wanted to give her a chance because she really wanted to go to volleyball. That might have made more sense to him as opposed to just giving the outcome. So it's that women are from, you know, Mar- or men are from yes. Mars, women are from Venus and stuff is we make assumptions because there are times a friend of mine will be on the phone for a while and he'll say something and I will be like, ow, yes. you know, instead of yes. reacting, I would be good. mean that's harsh. And he'll immediately correct. He goes, well, I didn't mean it that way. Or he'll laugh knowing he meant it that way. But the point is, is you don't know how it was meant, particularly if you're not in person or if you don't have all the information. That's where that reaction comes from. We just automatically assume it's like, well, he didn't think about that. Well, maybe he did, but he still had problems knowing that he would have given you the benefit of the doubt, but still questioning the outcome, not the input. And you're looking at the input. So you guys are just on opposite sides of the same coin. Right. And he's trying, he is, he's trying to gather the information because generally he doesn't have all the information. And it's mm. funny because we will discuss things like four times, like as a family with him in the room 
home. We're kind of talking about something. And then the next day, he acts like he's never heard any of this. Or <laughs> I sent him to the doctor's office to pick up this backup medication for my kid because it was ba- back ordered from the pharmacy. And they're like, oh, you know, come on in. We discussed it no less than four times. He gets to the, for first, the first day, he forgets. The second day, like, we're going to be out of the medication. So he goes over and then he messages me and says, now, why am I here again? What do I say? And I'm like, oh, dear Lord. Like, I've written it in a text. I've told him verbally. I sent it in an email. So then I redo it all. I send it all again. And then uh, he, then when we're talking about it later in the car, he's like, you got to understand how many things I do in a day. Like, if I wrote down to you in my company, because he's the only one of the founders that comes in five days a week of the three of them. He is the only employee. He is the only person at the company that comes in five days a week. The other founders come in twice a week. So he obviously puts out more fires, per se. He's a lot busier, you know, than they are. And so, um, yeah, so I should be point, more understanding, yeah. but he's always trying to gather information that I feel that I've already given him. And then I feel like he's judging me. Oh, but let me tell you one more thing, Dr. Cheryl Lentz. He actually said to me once in front of the kids, like, cause I, I manage, you know, everything. I manage everything, like every doctor's appointment, every tournament, every practice, every dinner that has to be made for the volleyball team, the baseball team, the basketball team, the swim team, barbecue lab. Last night, bringing in the cookies for last night, bringing like 20 items for the meal the night before. I mean, like I am managing. He said in front of the kids, you're a bad manager. <gasps> he said I was a bad manager because he didn't like, like a decision I'd made because I think I know more about what the kids are going through. So I might seem a little bit more not lax, but permissive because I know that they're sick or I know that they had a final or I know they stayed up late or I know that they were in 97 degree heat out in a field for three hours practicing and they might not want to go to the gym tonight right and so I so he because I have more info he thinks I'm being lax or permissive and then so then he jumps to the and he I, I, I do actually I'm really sarcastic at it from now on it's been like six months and I'm like well maybe that's because I'm a bad manager well you know kids I'm a bad manager so you guys better snap to it because I need to manage better so I definitely he will never say it again let's put it that way (laughs) but that is part of what it is is that a friend of mine talked about this it must be just in the water is the ability to bandwidth think of a filing cabinet that you they just don't have the capacity for what they've got going on that they're clearly paying attention to because it pays the salary and it's a priority it's not that we aren't a priority but it's different Right. But the hard part is that they can't take in one more file to put in that file cabinet. So it's not that they don't remember it, but it, and you are like, geez, Louise, you know, can we just, I mean, we talked about this six times. Do I really have to do this? And the answer is yes, because their bandwidth is limited of what they put in there and their short-term memory has only got so much in there. And that's the hard part. You're I like, think save a little space for me too. You know? I think that's a great way to put it because I did say to him, we had some event the other night and I could have used some help. I had to buy a wagon to bring in all the things I needed to bring in for this dinner, right? For 20 people. Okay, so I'm bringing it all in and all he has to do is pick up the Chick-fil-A nuggets, right? And that ends up being a fiasco for whatever reason. So I... um. I do have to be more understanding that his file cabinet brain is already full of everything at work. And I will say to him, like, hey, we have a kid event. Like, why can't you leave early? Your partners don't even come in, you know, three days a week. Why can't you, you know, leave early for this kid event? He said, or, or you know, why don't you work from home more? Or, 
basically saying like, why don't you put in the same level of effort they do? He can't do that. It's not in his DNA to be a slacker or to not come in on those days. I'm not saying that the partners are slacking all the time, but there is no doubt in my mind or any employee or partner at his business that he works harder than anyone else. His, his, you know, best buddy partner says it all the time to his wife who tells me, he says that Mark works harder than anybody he's ever met. So with that said, I'll say, um, he's even said to them, look, you guys don't miss, you guys miss work for your kids' events. I actually put work first because somebody has to make the company a complete priority. So he is the one that doesn't call in sick. He is the one that works on all of his vacations. He is the one, because first of all, that's how he is. But he feels like just because somebody else might not be putting in 100% doesn't mean that I can do that because he personally can't do it because it's just not who he is. But secondly, he's like, if I don't, to solve all these problems, the business will go downhill. So I want to keep it above water and progressing in a positive manner. All right, so we didn't discuss my book. We'll do that later. We'll do that in another segment. Uh, but let's get the title of the book, um, what you like most about it, and your website. 30 seconds, go. The Curiosity Theory, Transforming the Way You Communicate by Martin Lopez. And what I like best about it is the ability to de-escalate conflict. And my website, drsherylentz.com. That's what I like most about it, too, and that that's the one thing I'm going to take away from it, asking questions to de-escalate conflict. And I'm going to teach my kids that, too, because I'm really helping them to not blow up drama, but to disintegrate drama, to put a little water on it and make it melt like that wicked witch in The Wizard of Oz. All right. Thank you, Dr. Cheryl Lentz. Cherry Hills Village is tuned to KLTT Denver. ARC thrift stores have been an essential part of Colorado's economy with an economic impact of over $2.3 billion in the last 15 years. During the shutdowns due to COVID-19, ARC thrift stores distributed over 200 tons of food to people in need and distributed thousands of pounds of essential supplies to homeless shelters and child care centers. That included over 100 million pounds of recycled donations to keep them out of landfills. ARC annually provides services to more than 9,000 people with intellectual or developmental disabilities. Unlike other nonprofit organizations, their outreach has never ended. Right now, ARC has three to five relief efforts per week. When you shop at your local ARC, your hard-earned money directly supports a company that gives back to its community. Decide to shop today at the ARC thrift store near you. Find the nearest location at arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Hey, friend, Angie Austin here with Rachel Maines uh, with the good news. And today we want to talk about being thankful, being grateful. And that uh, welcome, Rachel, by the way. Hi, Angela. Love being with you. Ditto. Uh, my friend Jim Stovall, I've talked about him a lot. He's kind of a mentor of mine. His grandmother gave him the golden list, and my kids do it too. His golden list was 10 things. We've whittled it down to five because I started when the kids were pretty little. Uh, but when he was losing his eyesight as a teenager and he knew he was going blind, he'd come to complain to her or you know, just, you know, say how upset he was. And she said, you know, come back with the ten th- your golden list and then I'll, I'll listen to all the things that you're, you know, unhappy about. And he said once he wrote the golden list, he knew how lucky he was to have so many things to be thankful for. Yeah, I love that. And of course, the Bible has many scriptures on being thankful. Um, But it it does. If you practice thankfulness, it completely changes your outlook on life. And we can tend to, I think, um, it's easy in our society to get into 
the the more glasses half half empty perspective than half full. Mm-hmm. But I find there's kind of something just like exercise that you got to practice practice being thankful. Practice does make perfect thankfulness. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think a good reminder, I mean, way, way, way back when, not that Oprah is my spiritual guru by any uh, uh, means, but she had, uh, she was really promoting this gratitude book. And I got go and you'd write in there every day you had, you know, an entry. And it's interesting for me to go back and look at it. But, you know, the things that you're thankful for and maybe, you know, like prayer requests, things like that. I don't know if I added that myself, but um, it really was a gratitude journal, you know, and so I think sometimes, yeah. like you said, you have to practice, you have to get your gratitude muscle in shape. And uh, right. I also have this little dish, it's pink, and you can put you know next to the sink, so you see it all the time. And uh, I just love the colors, like bubblegum pink, and then in the middle, um, it says gratitude. And then yeah. you just, you know, it just reminds you, like, you have so much to be grateful for. And I think we all do, but we spend so much time wishing for more that we oftentimes yeah. aren't thankful for what we already have. Exactly. And I love that you've um, instilled this in your kids, too. As parents, um, I think that's important to kind of, uh, obviously, the Bible says, you know, raise up your children in the way they should go. And so this would be a part of it. Um is really understanding scriptures about thankfulness and applying them every day to life. So I love that you do that. I sure try. You know, um, a lot of time, you know, from time to time, somebody will say, "Well, you have really great kids." So I really enjoy talking to your kids. Or, you know, my daughter, um, the mid, uh, the middle kid, she hopes oh, she's so good at. Uh, Uh, taking care of others, you know, nurturing others. Like, for instance, last night we were in the emergency room with the littlest one. We take family walks and we, they toss the ball around, not me, but the rest of them. And generally they bring like basketballs and practice dribbling, but Faith wanted to bring a football and it was like a full size football, leather football. And I'm like, "Hmm, that's weird. I'm like, sure. You don't want to bring your basketball. She's like, no. So anyway, her older sister, who's more than twice as big as she is, like literally. Um, they're only a year and a half apart, but the difference in their size, it's like you, you know, because you're like the tiniest human, like grown human I know. And then like a, a volleyball player that's like six feet tall. Like they're literally right. twice as big as you, some some of these, you know, athletes. Anyway, her older sister throws her the ball. She immediately starts and falls to the ground. And when I looked at her finger, I was like, whoa, this is not good. It was backwards, like kind of in the middle. Oh, um, no. And I thought, okay. As a, it was like a wave in the ocean, kind of like, you know, like up, down, up. And so we take her to the ER and um, I just couldn't believe how good her sister is. She's always the one that goes to someone uh, who's crying like at, you know, a big volleyball tournament and walks over and like, you know, oh, are you okay? Or what's going on? Or, and they start sharing like, you know, their issues with her. She's just so caring. I love that about her. And when people say I have great kids, you know, you don't think, I'm just like, well, I'm trying. And what I'm thinking of is how, you know, she got her phone taken away for three days for having a bad But the overall umbrella of everything we're teaching them, that I have to give them credit for what they've taken in so that they are perceived by my friends as being really great kids. Because I might be in the day-to-day trenches of giving out the punishments for bad attitudes, but overall, this stuff is soaking in. My friend Jim said, Coach Wooden, um, he was a really famous basketball coach um, in over his locker room that said, we coach everything but effort and attitude. And I said, oh, oh, we do coach that. Like, that's what we do coach. Right. I don't want to send him out there in the world with a bad attitude and talking back. Right. And, you know, that's right there, Angie, when you said, um, you know, if one of them gets the phone taken away, for example, for a bad attitude. Well, just the fact that you are disciplining uh, and that scripture, too, you know, if you discipline them and you hate them if you don't. But that, too, because I think nowadays um, 
it's, it appears, you know, that it's the disciplinary um, role of a parent maybe has been lax in overall society. So that's really important to do that. I mean, it's just changed so much. I mean, my in-laws told me the other day, I may have told you this, that their kids, my husband and his brother, wouldn't have gotten away with 10% of what my kids get away with in terms of attitude. And, you know, it just changes generation to generation. And believe me, we're on top of it, um, you know, comparatively speaking to other parents, but, you know, seemingly lacks compared to, you know, 40 years ago, uh, parenting. Right. So, uh, uh, she she's just amazing, Rachel. She's my good friend. She's a radio host. She's an entrepreneur. She can help you uh, marketing your business, websites, uh, blogs, uh, coming up with your image, all of that. Where do they find you, Rach? Just go to rachelmains.com. That's Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L-M-A-I-N-S.com. All right. Well, you're going to kick out of this, so stick around. I know you're into beauty and taking good care of yourself. I mean, the seasons are changing, and that means our self-care and beauty routines may change for fall as well. It's a little dry where we live, Rachel. So joining us today is beauty and style writer Emily Foley. She's back with timely advice in a sponsored interview. You know, advice for looking your best, whether a cocktail party or in the carpool lane. She is a freelance writer whose articles appear in publications like Allure, Glamour, and In Style. Welcome back, Emily Foley. Hello, thank you so much for having me today and that lovely introduction. You are welcome, my friend. So let's talk about some of the celeb fall beauty trends to look for this season. I love seeing the, all the different makeup and style trends. Yes, and I love seeing how, even though there's so many, you know, infinite options out there, how we do see these certain things start trending. Mm-hmm. And siren eyes is one of those big trends right now. So siren eyes is basically just an updated, smokier version of the classic cat eye. And we just saw it all over the red carpet of the Emmy Awards. Stars like Zendaya and Lily James, Julia Garner and Rachel Brosnahan all were rocking beautiful variations of that trend. I love it because I've actually seen this because I have t- three teenagers. And so now that they're yes. doing all the videos, they see all the, well, they're like, it's on TikTok. <laughs> Once it's on TikTok, it is, it is done. As, as the youth say, it is Bible. Yes. And it's official. I just had to buy TikTok shorts for them. So yes, I know it's definitely Bible. <laughs> so let's talk about, um, you know, adapting for the, for the changing weather. Yes, you know, it's so important to not forget about your lips because I feel like sometimes they can be an afterthought, but those cooler temps are going to dry out your lips, so you want to make sure you have a good lip balm as we head into the fall. And my favorite is Eos. First of all, the flavors are basically good enough to eat, so you're going to want to swipe them on again and again because they're so yummy. Plus, they're made with natural and sustainably sourced ingredients like beeswax, shea butter, and coconut oil. So they're going to give your lips that long-lasting hydration you want and make them incredibly smooth, which feels so nice. And they have several different variety packs. I love the Totally Tropical variety pack. It has four lip balms in it, so it's so easy to have one everywhere you need it. One on your bedside table, one in your purse, one at your desk. So you're not running around looking for it. It's always right there every time you need to swipe it on. And you can find these really easily at Target or Amazon for under $10. I um, I buy them at like my favorite big box store and you can get huge packages of them. But uh, and my husband's like, how are you guys going to use all that? I'm like, there's six of us. Are you kidding me? Of course we're going to use them all. And they have the cool shapes too. Yes. And, they're, and they are, they're so yummy. And even though we're in the fall and I love the fall, it's kind of nice to have like these tropical flavors when you're putting them on your lips. So they are, I mean, they are the best of everything. All right, here's um my 13-year-old, the youngest, Faith. She puts like glowy eye stuff right in the inner corner of her eye. And I'm like, is that the thing? Like, do you put it anywhere else? Like, that's all you do is just put this like sparkly eyeshadow on the inner corner. So what, what are some fall secrets for beautiful looking eyes? Maybe I can up her game a little from the sparkle on the inside <laughs> of the eye. 
Well, you know, that inner, putting makeup there on the inner corner is a good way to brighten up your eyes. But here's the thing. Just like you're going to prep your skin before you put on makeup, right, skin care, if your eyes are red, it's really hard to look past that, yeah. no matter how great your siren eyes are, right, no matter how great your makeup is. So my little secret is the Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops from Bausch & Lomb because Lumify significantly reduces redness in your eyes in just one minute and they help your eyes look whiter, brighter, and more radiant for up to eight hours. And of course, you always want to use these as directed, but they work so well and you can find Lumify in the eye care aisle at all your major retailers. Okay, cool. All right, what about um, body care? My oldest daughter, Hope, she is, I don't even know whose kid she is, seriously. I mean, this kid's got more products than you can have sparkle, some don't. So I'm sure she'll be uh, really excited if I actually know the body care routine that's the hottest for fall. Well, she sounds like a girl after my own heart. I love a product. I'm definitely a product junkie. And the thing is, is, you know, we always think about our faces, you know, make sure you take care of that skin, but your entire body suffers as the weather gets cooler. It starts getting dry. It starts getting dull. And, you know, I don't want my arms and my legs to look dry and dull. So my go-to is Olay Body. And they have this beautiful collection right now. It's the Fearless Artist Series. And it's a collection of three body washes. So first of all, they're going to deeply hydrate your skin while you're in the shower washing. So it's going to nourish and store and balance your skin with cocoa butter and aloe and vitamin C. So, you know, these ingredients that you think of for your face that are also so good for your body. And also, you know, there's something about the aesthetic in your shower, right? And these have these beautiful bottles that are designed by African-American artist Avery Williamson, plus a diverse team of women scientists developed the formulas. So I just love the fact that with this collection, Olay Body is elevating body care, right? Our skin is going to be looking fabulous, but they're also elevating women of color in art and science with these fabulous bottles and the product within the bottles. You know, I never thought about that. It's like we have these nine-foot glass doors in my husband's, like, you know, <laughs> fancy shower, and they all want to use the fancy fancy shower and there are like tipped over bottles ugly bottles mismatched bottles I mean I never thought about that but it's so ugly like when you look in there right like I'm like is there a way to make this look a little better I mean who I, I wonder why no one ever thought of this before like make the bottle look decent you know like to make it look artistic well and that's why this is so smart and you know I am not a person that has art on my wall so I'm not really? someone who can you know help these artists that I would love to patronize by buying their art but so it's so cool I need body wash. I'm using body wash. I want my body to look amazing. And the fact that I can actually celebrate and benefit an artist through buying my body wash, I mean, how cool is that? It's just so genius. Oh, Emily, I need to hang out with you. I take better care of my walls than I do my body, so I really need to get with you. Okay, so. We need to learn from each other. (laughs) Love the wall art. Okay, uh, what about any other uh, fall beauty tips I can share with the kiddos and show them, you know, hey, I know what's going on. What else is hot? Absolutely. Okay, here's some terms you 100% need to mention to your daughters. Skin cycling, donut skin, jello skin, clean girl aesthetic. These are all really buzzy TikTok beauty trends that we're hearing right now. Hilarious. But the thing that I love about all of them is they have one trend, and that is we are no longer just slapping makeup on over mm-hmm. all of our problems and trying to cover them. Yeah. This is all about skin care. We are now taking care of our skin because we know what? Healthy skin is beautiful skin, and it's so much better to not need to wear makeup. You can wear it if you want to, 
but you don't need it to cover anything because you're taking such good care of your skin that it looks legs and maybe even a little bit of their butts not mine though but okay. she said mom no one wants ashy skin ashy skin is so gross and i guess that's when it's dry and it's kind of flaky i don't know so yes, i'm like okay that is amazing. So my daughter is 11, so I'm still teaching her. She's not teaching me yet, and I literally said yesterday she had this short skirt on, and I was like, ooh, you've got some ashy knees. Go put some lotion on before we leave the house. So I, I'm telling you, your, your daughters know what's up. That's hilarious. All right, so, well, if I had legs like hers, too, if I was a volleyball player with long legs, I think I'd probably really want them to look good as well in those short shorts they wear. All right, Emily, where do we go for more info? Always fun talking to you. Thank you. I've had so much fun, and you can go to tips on tv.com for more information on everything we chatted about tips on tv.com thanks emily talk to you next time thanks andy take care bye-bye yeah take care of those ashy legs too thank you (laughs) (laughs) bye honey thank you for listening to the good news with angie austin on am 670 kltt